0: Welcome to the 13th episode of the second series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women and customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us, and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host Skip, and in today's episode I'll be talking to a CX professional from Australia about CX in tech, the importance of communities for women and the power of women supporting one another to succeed. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest. She spent the best part of 30 years working for ANZ Bank in a range of technology and CX roles before starting her own CX consulting business specialising in cybersecurity. She's leading the way in building communities for women in this space as the founder of Women in Cybersecurity Australia and is working to create a more inclusive world for everyone. Please welcome to the show, our CX sister, Anita Ciesios.
1: Hey, Anita. Hello,
0: Claire. G'day
2: from Australia
1: my first guest from Australia on the Women in CX podcast
2: so welcome. (laughs) Thank you Claire, thank you for um, your leadership and for for everything that you're doing uh, for Women in CX. Oh
1: you're so welcome and welcome to all the listeners at home as well. So I'm really excited to have you on the show because we had our first conversation during lockdown when we were thinking about what we could do in terms of a podcast for women in CX in Australia, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) So it's been a long time coming and I'm so glad you're here. And today we're gonna have a really interesting conversation about um, an area that CX doesn't normally get talked about in which is cybersecurity. But also, I know um, from our first conversation, you do a lot for women in cybersecurity as a, a network and a community. And also, you've got some ambitions around uh, what you can do to promote diversity and inclusion in Australia in terms of the Indigenous population in tech. So let's crack on from from that jumping-off point. Then, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into customer experience?
2: Yes, indeed. Um, well, I, I guess the first thing I, I wanted to highlight was the, um, the fact that um, my, my background is a Greek-Australian, so my parents migrated to Australia in 1956, um, and I grew up in small business, um, pretty much. At the age of 10, my dad said to me, it's time, you know, I'm the oldest in the, out of five children. He said it's time to um, start to work in the shop mm-hmm. and start serving customers. Um, and that was at the age of 10. And I think that's probably the key reason why I'm in this particular industry to date. Um, following on from um, uh, school, I uh, my first job was um, working in a bank in the customer service area. And I spent over 10 years. Um, working in that particular area. I then moved um, out into um, exploring other areas um, in the banks, um, in particularly in the top technology space, mm-hmm. um, and probably spent about 30 or so years in A- Australia's financial institutions. But it was probably about um, after about 20 years or so, when I was in technology, where I started to Um, explore careers and and I discovered uh, customer experience at that time. Um, I remember, you know, I looked around and, you know, there was one or two customer experience managers. And now when you look around, everyone seems to have that title next to them. It just goes to show how important um, it is. So um, to date, um, I do spend a lot of time um, doing a lot of volunteering in, in several communities. Um, in addition to helping organizations uplift their uh, capability with their leaders, uh, doing a lot of training, um, but also helping organizations understand customer experience in different disciplines. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, I I do spend a lot of time um, supporting other communities and um, have also set up the CXPA Melbourne Network and WESAs, which we'll talk a little bit about. Um, as well, shortly.
1: Oh, I love it. And obviously, I'm a massive fan of communities. So (laughs) absolutely, you're a role model. We are with you all the way on that one. Um, So in terms of cybersecurity, now, that is a really interesting space when it comes to customer experience. Can you tell us a little bit about the challenges that you faced in trying to bring customer experience to something typically
2: very technology and data oriented? Yes, indeed, and and I think it's important to tell you also how I actually uh, moved transit sort of started to learn about the cybersecurity side Different. of things um, when I was working on an assignment at one of the uh, Australia's large financial institutions. Was actually setting up a privacy um, centre of excellence, and during that period, um, I was involved in uh, supporting um, a major data breach that had taken place. And what that means is that um, thousands of customers' personal information was breached. And so um, I got to actually see what it was like um, from a customer perspective, but also from an employee perspective and an organizational perspective the actual impacts to customer experience, and so as a result of being part of that assignment, uh, I started to explore why those things happened, and that's when I started to get into the cybersecurity space. Um, and again, very similar to the CXPA, I wanted to join an association to learn more and be part of a community. And again, uh, there was that weasels. Uh, which is actually headquartered in the United States, doesn't actually exist in Australia. So I took on the leadership and established WESIS Australia, which we'll talk a little bit about uh, later on. But cybersecurity is huge. It's it's evolving. A a lot of organisations have now moved to becoming digital you know, they've transitioned from the paper forms to being online. Um, there's a lot of operational efficiencies in becoming digital. However, there's also the implications that if things are not actually set up um, securely, you know, that databases can be accessed um, and they can be uh, broken into. And, you know, certainly you when know, a customer's filling in a form with personal information, that could they may not actually even know how that that you know where that data actually goes, et cetera. So there's lots of opportunities for uh, customer data to be uh, breached um, and accessed um, by you know malicious uh, attackers as well. So from a CX leader perspective, what that means is that when something does go wrong. There's implications, there's reputational damage, there's implications with regards to customers trusting your organisation. If you don't actually show that you can, in the event of a breach, if you don't show that you have actually um, been... Uh, supportive in helping them move forward and and try and um, I guess reduce the anxiety anxiety after after a breach and helping them identify where they can get some support. Then you actually lose the trust. And so a lot of things have evolved and there's more regulations coming. It's a lot stricter in how we actually manage and maintain the personal information i can go on and on but i'll be able to provide some really great articles for the um listeners to be able to read just some basic articles for cx leaders to understand and, and get more an appreciation around that
1: um, so you mentioned
2: about being a board member at, it, how do you say it WISIs? WISIS, that's we, right, we, Women in Cybersecurity, WISIS, we, WE Sisters. <laughs> um, so um, for Australia, I, I established the Australian uh, affiliate and we have a leadership uh, team. Um, And we actually have some, the leadership team is really made up of our membership representatives. And and what I've learned with regards to our local community and really helping uh, women advance in that particular industry is that there's a lot of students out there who are actually studying the IT side of things. And um, they need a lot of mentoring to be able to actually progress um, and, and gain a career and, and, and a job in this particular industry. So, um, you know, what, one of the things that a lot of the um, professionals, industry professionals in the association really focus on is really helping those young um, ladies that are coming out of university to really um, help them progress uh, in their careers. Because even at university, they're a minority in the class is very similar to how it is out in the industries. But I think what is happening now, Claire, is that, uh, and very similar to myself, is that in the industry, um, cyber security is really coming into play in different disciplines across organizations so for example the legal team are are very much getting involved into that space the risk team get involved into it and so it's really starting to spread across the organization and more women are now starting to move into the cyber security space it's a new discipline that we have to all learn about and even as CX leaders, um, Dr. Lyndon Brown, who's the the author of Customer Centric Organisations, has actually said that one of the key disciplines that we need to really also have as CX leaders is what he calls the peripheral vision. And the peripheral vision is looking at at things such as technology, the things that can really go wrong, the the economic um, implications that take place. And environmental, I mean, this year was a perfect example of, as a result of the pandemic, how things have actually changed and people's behaviors. And everyone is now revising their their CX strategy because the customers, what their customers did 12 months ago is no longer the case. Everybody has changed in the way they actually do their shopping, et cetera. Yeah. So I think you know there's there's lots of um, reasons why there's um, we're a minority at the moment but I think that's going to change drastically as we start to diversify this particular discipline across um, across the organization yeah and I really resonated with me when
1: you were saying about that political economic social and technological landslide I think, of, of a landscape change that we've seen in 2020 and how much that's um, affected, not only guest customer experience strategy, but business strategies more more broadly. Yes, um, indeed. I think when you also resonated with me, um, I talk a lot about how technology is accelerating at a faster rate than customer experience. So that um, point around, you know, needing to have better peripheral vision um, I think is for customer experience professionals, and as, for us as an industry, we must get better at understanding tech and um, areas such as as this security, data, GDPR. Because without um, having those skills and expertise to bring into the places where technology is advancing fastest, we're just going to get more products that are built based on business requirements and not customer ones into the future. So, I just wanted to move on to talking about we've talked about kind of diversity and inclusion from a gender point of view with the stuff that you're doing for women in cybersecurity. But, what about the mission that you're on to drive and support inclusion of Indigenous Australians?
2: Yes, indeed, and 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 I guess this year again in particular, um, it, it's been a year for it's been a learning for me, Claire, um, and you know we we all learnt a lot um, as a result of the you know Black Lives Matter that you know you know occurred in the United States. But one of the when we set up Oasis, uh in Australia when we um, sat together and, and wanted to develop what our goals were going to be, we really wanted to, one of our goals is, is to actually um, make an impact and, and support Indigenous women in cybersecurity from a career perspective. Um, so as part of that, though, uh, what we have actually also learned is that um, th- there are a lot of the Aboriginal and Indigenous women um, have a lot of um, responsibilities at a much younger age, so that, you know, they'll they'll be looking after families and young children and being mothers at the age of as, as young as 18. So, you know, it's such a young age. And what we've uh, learned, or what I've learned, is that They have not, um, as a result of that, they've been disadvantaged. And so them being able to actually have a career or actually be employed has been a lot challenging for them, and especially up north uh, in Australia. And when I started to hear those stories, I really started to feel, first of all, um, how fortunate I, I was where you know in, in my situation um, and that it was really up to me to really try and uh, and make a difference. Yes. Um, I wanted to show you this actually for the first time in 60 years Vogue Australia has has published a beautiful Aboriginal piece of art on the front page um, and it's by betty muffler and and you know 60 years. very first time and 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 i'm thinking to myself these are the sorts of examples that we need to start seeing a lot more and and there's the little things that count to raise awareness and and education about that culture that means we are then helping other people embrace um our aboriginal women in the workforce and in in any other environment so much to unpack there Um, so
1: I think I just wanted to circle back on a couple of things. Um, Obviously, the death of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement that happened in America, absolutely, the impact has been felt around the world. So it's really interesting to know um, about um, how that kind of cascaded in Australia. But um, I think the word that we were missing in that conversation was privilege, right? So, you know, saying we recognise or feeling lucky, how lucky we are, but actually it's not luck being born in a white community or sorry as white um and not poor that's the yes. privilege that means we aren't or have perhaps weren't aware of um other people's existence quite as much but it's not it's not luck it's privilege and i think we do have to as white women who want to um support our sisters from different races not be scared of using that word um and you know kind of being really clear that we we, we see it as it as it is um so it sounds like diversity and inclusion is something high up on your agenda for customer experience in the future but is there anything else that you think women in cx should be thinking about in terms of planning for the future yeah, image.
2: absolutely. And wh- I think one of the things is, as I mentioned, I keep referring to that peripheral vision, right. uh, Claire. I think that that is really, really important to, to have in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of the CX leaders that I meet now are very, still very focused on just the basics. Mm-hmm. But I think in order for them to really uplift themselves um, and also be recognised by you know, by other uh, genders um, in how, how you know, how we can actually learn about other things. But having that peripheral vision and looking at the other cross-disciplines um, is really critical to be able to really um, be able to provide that upper level of CX and surround uh, preventing implications to customer experience. But I think the other thing as well for, for women in CX is that um, I guess one of the great things I mentioned earlier on is that we, we, we've got really great, we're great at being very empathetic um, and I think for us we should continue to to be that way and to be authentic uh, because it's probably one of our greatest assets that we have um, and not everyone else does. So I, I would strongly encourage to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love a bit of empathy.
2: Um, so in terms of
1: thinking about that peripheral vision so we've picked up technology broader business understanding I think the only additions I'd make to that is um, actually it's not just all about CX or technical skills I think personally where we need to upskill our women is in leadership and mindset because uh, all the frameworks in the world will not make a difference if you can't get buy-in from your senior stakeholders in order to move things forward so I think um, in terms of the community we're building for women in CX it isn't trying to um, create a second CXPA because we've got an organization that helps with those CX technical skills we need to build something that helps support women to support each other with that periphery too um, especially in terms of leadership and mindset in addition yes. to customer experience. And, and I think the, 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 the theme that's gone through, especially the early part of this conversation, was about community and the community work and the communities that you've built. Because I think for me, you know, it we need, it's not about training or co- courses or qualifications. It's about sharing experience and mentoring and <laughs> um, having conversations where we're honest about what we're struggling about and women with different or more experience can support women that are on that journey and actually learn from the women that are on that journey perhaps in different industries like you know here's a great example today talking about customer experience and cyber security <laughs> gdpr and data is going to be oh, sorry, an increasingly important part of <laughs> what we need to consider um but by bringing women like you to the table to help to educate us um we're all going to be Growing in the same direction faster. So it's been awesome to have you on the show today. uh if you wanted to leave kind of three pieces of advice or three top tips, what would you say to women in CX?
2: I think that um, in addition to what, what I've already said, I you know this week there's one quote I like to always look look for a quote for the week, mm-hmm. and this week I was really inspired by a quote from Peter Drucker, which we all know about. Um, and and the quote um, was that in order to predict the future, you have to create it. And I thought I love that because I want I want to predict a future where um, you know every every woman has the resources, the uh, confidence and the support to do what they want to do mm. and and so in order for that to take place we have to create it and you're doing that Claire and I'm doing my bit but if we all do something to together. to support that together yeah. then we can really have a great everyone can have a great future so I was really inspired by that quote and I'm going to leave you with that quote which is to predict the future you have to create it. and that's by Peter Drucker yeah and
1: women in cx let's all rise up together and contribute to our success of all of us around the world <laughs> um, in Indeed. a way we've never done before awesome well thanks so much for coming on the show today anita um,
2: claire thank you for everything that you do as well you've been a great leader and all your programs have been outstanding and i, I love how you actually really um bringing the different uh perspectives of different women so that we could all be inspired by oh you're making me blush
1: thank you so much um we're only just beginning i've got
0: a very exciting 2021 20, to come bye claire bye. see you thanks for listening to the women in cx podcast with me claire muskett If you enjoyed the show, please do drop us a like, subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. And if you want to know more, please join us at womenincx.community and follow the Women in CX page on LinkedIn. Join us again next week where I'll be talking to a woman who certainly inspires me. She grew up in the townships of South Africa, founded the first black-owned CX consulting firm and is now using CX to address social inequalities between townships and cities today. See you all next week.